Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Before we pressed record, Brad and I were chatting about ChatGPT mm-hmm. and uh, everything around it, something that fascinates us both, but especially you, Brad. And this is relevant to the current episode and the interview coming up, because if if you know anything, talking to our listeners here, if you know anything about ChatGPT, admittedly, I know a very, very, very little but this is essentially predictive analytics. Well, for this episode, we're going to talk to someone whose oh, who's shtick, see the connection, is prediction. And, and it also happens to be a passion of yours, Brad, since, I mean, bef- way before we met. And that is meteorology. So yeah. I'm turning it over to you with that. Yeah, I you know what? That's normally I do the open, but you said I have a great start and you and you couldn't have picked a better one just no. because I hadn't even thought of the correlation. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a lot of because I have the time of playing around with Chat GPT. Nothing profound other than um looking at it and asking it all sorts of questions and generating content just related to RPGs. And as an example, um we, Jace, you and I had that misguided attempt at thinking about what would we do with a narrative dice system in Star Trek? Yep. And we looked at doing it. And then I think <laughs> I sent you the info. I asked chat GPT to put something together and oh it put together God. a fully functional and great system for Star Trek and Genesis within right. what moments by me yeah. asking multiple questions. So which... we'd, we'd like to thank you all for listening to Dice in Mind. This will be our last episode. Yeah, the next episode's going to be AI Jason and right. AI Brad. We can't um, be flatter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because there was someone who, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> um, um, who did, and I'm not going to get into the type of talk show because it's not something I ever listened to, nor would I recommend it. But um, there is a relatively well-known podcast show out there for those that um, tend to, to follow certain belief systems politically um and someone generated a uh fake talk show a fake ai host (laughs) and when you compare the original to the new one there was an article about this yeah uh they were almost you you couldn't discern between the two i'm still stuck on this concept of a political belief system um now i know it's wrong in this country but go on let's yeah, stick yeah. with chat gpt I, I tr- yeah i yeah. tried to i tried to yeah. answer out the point being is that um you know it's interesting how ai will play into this now when it comes to me and the weather meteorologies meteorology yeah. um i had been wanting to do this since i was like five six seven years old i was yeah. the kid who put up a map of the state of wisconsin and cut out little red and blue squares that I could put on the map so that Mm -hmm. I could pretend to be a meteorologist meteorologist uh, talking about the warnings. Because you, where we live, we have our share on occasion of tornado and severe thunderstorm warnings. Yep. Especially Um, you. Yeah. And loved it. And you and I and your brother did our fair share of, 
I wouldn't say. I, I you can't word... call it storm chasing, but post storm chasing. Let's just say, How about that? Let's just say storm, fo- storm following. Yeah. Storm following. following is a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Storm following. Mm-hmm. We did that a lot right around 96, 97, mm-hmm. ironically, after the movie Twister came out. Um, uh, as unrealistic as I knew we, that it was. We never had cows, but we were always hopeful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But we drove through, I was with you, we drove through a town that it really got, and in hindsight, we should not have been there. No. But um, we drove through a town here in the state that had mm-hmm. gotten all an, but obliterated. An, an F5, right right yeah. up Main Street, tore it down to the soil. Tore it up yeah. to the soil, excuse me. Oakfield, Wisconsin, which yep. is, for those that are in the area, just, is it south? What east it's of just next to nowhere. Oh, yeah, also the same. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, it's what, 15 minutes not even 10 minutes from Fond du Lac. And, yeah. and yeah, we went, man, we went out as soon as the sirens were off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, I looked at, I took coursework in meteorology in college. Before You were going to major in it potentially. I was. I, yeah. I actually, once I realized I didn't want to do music, that's what I switched to. But the problem yep. was a lot of the coursework was done during the day and I had to work. So yeah, um, couldn't do it. Ended up getting a business degree. Um, storm chasing has become a, um, you know, I, I mean, there are tours and things that people go yeah. on. I don't necessarily have that inkling anymore, but I am the type well, that follows. You are very much an armchair storm chaser. And I mean that in a positive way. Yeah, I will follow. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there doing meteorology on YouTube live and Twitch and everything yeah. like that. I will follow real you, you certified. Me. Every time there's a storm system in your neighborhood, so to speak, you and I love it, you text me the updates, the analyses, the predictions. And I watch, I watch the local, I will stream the local channels when there are storms going through that area. Mm-hmm. And so, interestingly enough, you know, we are in neighboring states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan gets their fair share of storms. Mm-hmm. And, um, you and I both saw a video on YouTube of a meteorologist who did a weather report for major planets in the Federation. Rise the Star Trek Federation, right? Hard, you know, what do they call them? What did you call them? Fan casts, I think. Uh, fan um, forecasts. Fan forecast. Um, Fandom forecast, excuse me. Yes. Fandom forecast. And we were just. Like and it's I, so well done. <laughs> and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, we have to because here's yeah. here's someone who who is a meteorologist who yeah. I just I'm fascinated by meteorologists. Yeah. yeah. Um and also a Star Trek fan. And then we come to discover she's a legit broadcast meteorologist. Yeah. On on TV. Remember TV? And yeah. And and her her fandom extends. I, I think it's I I think as you will hear in our interview, her fandom is heavily rooted like ours in Star Trek, but her fandom extends uh, all over the place. And she's pretty darn impressive with cosplay too. I gotta say, her her Doctor Who is spot on. Oh, I mean, un- unbelievable. She's yeah. so she is over in Michigan on WNLS. I think you'll go through the intro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me personally to be able to talk to a real meteorologist who lives here in the Midwest and deals with the same type of weather that we deal with, you know, you know, snowstorms, 
severe weather, tornadoes, severe thunderstorm warnings. Um, I watch. Yes. um, I, you know, I, I, that comes up and, and she has a fascinating story. She, she had um, an accident and she was lucky not to get hurt. You'll hear more about this. And she had the accident on her way back from seeing the premiere of Star Trek Picard season three. Yeah. And, and I mean, this was a serious, she'll talk about this. This is a serious accident. Yeah. Yeah. So really pleased. She, when we reached out to her, um, so gracious in agreeing to join us um, on the show for a while. She's obviously very busy because she's on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and, has horrendous hours. Yes. And that was the <laughs> other thing is, is her hours, you know, make it diff- would, would have made it difficult for her to join us at a time that we were able to do it. And she did. Um, so um, even before we start the interview, thank you to, to Katie for joining us. Um, just the nicest person. And I know we say that about a lot of people we interview, but Katie was just a sweetheart and it would have been so easy to just keep talking. We, it took us a considerable amount of time after we paused the record to actually just stop talking. And and she was, she was so gracious to a guy who is a wannabe meteorologist who doesn't have the education, very patient um, with me. Not that I, not that I tried to, to make it sound like I was, um, knowledgeable in anything, but I tried to toss a couple terms out there just to make myself feel important. Um, and, um, very, very, um, <laughs> he was a good sport about it. So, um, again, thank you, Katie. And I think we could probably just jump right over to the interview. Katie Nicolau is the Emmy award-winning CBS morning meteorologist for WLNS in Lansing, Michigan. From reporting on tornadoes live in the field to tracking multi-day blizzards, she loves injecting her forecasts with unique and detailed information that captivates and educates her audience. She is the creator of the Fandom Forecast, a project she started to bring together her love for pop culture and weather forecasting. So since we are now able to bridge probably... um, a few of my passions being track and weather and just mm-hmm. sorry, Katie, general nerdiness. Um, <laughs> Katie Nicklau, yeah. thank you for joining us today. Yeah, cool. We'll talk, yes. you know, obviously we'll talk weather. We'll talk Trek. Um, you know, I, I have to imagine we'll be very cognizant of time, but if, when it comes to track, we are not always the best at, at, keeping track of being yeah. Yeah, same yeah, way yeah. here yeah. i found out one awesome. of my co-workers is into star trek and we had a one-hour conversation in the hallway nice. this week so nice. understandable oh. now oh. just to give everybody give our listeners a sense of of who we're dealing with here so i got it because we got to paint a, a visual picture so katie is wearing a sweatshirt that says weather witch which oh and it has a witch <laughs> after it under it and then behind her is like this gorgeous hubble-esque shot of something it's just this no it's weather yes, symbols you have the, this 
Yes. No, no, but oh, you're talking about oh, oh, the symbols yeah. behind. Yeah, yeah. You know, sorry. The, 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 yeah, no, no, the, the Hubble yeah. shot behind her or something yeah. like that. Yes, this is the uh, this is the Witch's Broom Nebula, and it combines nice. my two favorite colors of blue and pink, and it generally just matches my vibe. So nice. just goes well with done. it. That's gorgeous. That is so cool. Hey, so um, we could go back in the time machine, Jason, a lot longer, and there's probably enough embarrassing stories. We won't do that with you, but. Um, going back to when you were younger, how did you get interested in meteorology just to start? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because I'm in Michigan. I grew up in Battle Creek and I don't get a lot of tornadoes or really active weather here. But when I was four, we were driving back. My family and I were in the car and, you know, it was the early 2000s. We didn't have cell phones or anything. We didn't know what was going on. And we drove into a storm and we actually had to pull over because it was so rainy. We couldn't really see anything. And I just looked outside the window and I see this lightning and the wind is whipping the corn in the field and there's rain. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And when we got home, we found out that that was a tornado that went oh, right over where we were. Wow. And I mean, I still thought it was really cool. And my parents didn't think it was weird. So we just kind of went with it. And yeah. I started going to the library and reading books about weather, especially tornadoes, because you go through one you want to learn more yeah. and then in 2011 a tornado hit my house in battle creek which if, oh, if you get two tornadoes in less than a decade in it's a cosmos creek, telling Michigan, you something yeah. yeah literally like it's a yeah. sign that you need to do this wow. so i just kind of took it and ran with it and i was a always an extroverted child so broadcast seemed like my best way to merge passions wow, wow. okay where did you where did you study meteorology from a school perspective yeah, I went to Valparaiso University, which is in Northwest Indiana, and most people just know it from the basketball team. Um, yeah. But <laughs> it's a really tiny school, but they have an amazing meteorology program. Oh, cool! And that really, really just fostered my love of weather even more than what it already was. So, did you? Did you? Because you said you know you're extroverted, you're outgoing, and and media was that always in the back of your mind, like as you were growing to love the study of weather and whatnot. Was there always this thought of, and you want to talk about it? Oh yeah, completely. Because when I was little, I would watch the Weather Channel as yeah, any weather inclined child does. Mm -hmm. And they had this show called Storm Stories. And I wish they would bring it back because it's with meteorologist oh, Jim yeah. Cantori. And he <laughs> would explain these storms and everything. And at the end, it would always be like, for Storm Stories, I'm meteorologist Jim Cantori. Your local forecast is next. Like. That was ingrained in my brain <laughs> to the point that I could probably say it faster than I could spell my last name. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, it just kind of made me want to be a broadcaster because I knew I could do that. And it wow. seemed like such a cool way to explain science to a mm -hmm. whole bunch of people. See, that's super cool. We it, So, okay, so this is also foreign to the two of us. I'm curious, so how how does one go from you know, majoring in this in college, right? Becoming a meteorologist, mm -hmm. focusing on broadcast, mm -hmm. and then landing a gig on broadcast. I mean, I have to assume that yeah. is not easy. No, yeah. it's tricky. It's getting easier because there's there's less and less meteorologists who are going into broadcasting just oh. because it's becoming a more it's becoming a more difficult field mentally to handle and just physically the time constraint or time oh, requirements okay. for it. And so it's becoming a little bit easier to find openings, but usually what it is is when you graduate from college, 
sometime during college, you've had a broadcast internship at a TV yeah. station in the summer, and then that gets your foot in the door, and the meteorologists there help you find jobs. And there's job boards all over, like tvjobs.com. Great oh, wow. one for broadcast meteorologists yeah. and, and sports people, everyone. And you just go, go through all the job listings, and they'll say mostly weekend meteorologists. It's like mm-hmm. the lower one on the totem pole, but sure. still really crucial and you'll get a lot of reps so you find one in an area that's either open or near where you want to be and you just apply and hope for the best so you have like a resume reel you built in college send it yeah. out and then it's up to the fate <laughs> wow yeah, middle of the later part of the 90s when i was actually when i actually went to school for some of this they moved the atmospheric science division from in effect the, the straight letters and sciences they actually moved it under mathematics and oh, yeah. That made it difficult just for me because I worked and went to school to be able to attend the classes because they changed all the structure and schedule. So you can see and just being a weather nerd and reading forecast discussions and watching them just how much, um, you know, not that there wasn't before, but how much math is involved. Oh, I'm one math class away from a math minor. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was so burned out in college. I was like, I can't take this anymore. But wow. no, it's it's broadcast meteorologists. Most of them just have plain old degrees in meteorology. It's not like we get to take a, a lesser degree or anything because we still study all that we need to mm-hmm. know. And that uh, that's one of my favorite things to tell people is like, yeah, no, I'm not just some face or warm body that they put in front of a camera to talk. Like, mm-hmm. I made this forecast. I don't steal it from the Weather Channel's app. Like, I do my own thing. Nice. And uh, math is a huge part of it. Yeah, that's so just- cool. That 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 fascinates me, and I have a I have a daughter who's looking at college and wants to go into atmospheric or environmental science. So, even seeing it, and, and I hopefully I don't this doesn't come across Falpo. the wrong way, but but, <laughs> but you know seeing you. seeing seeing women in science to me too. I like it's a to big show deal. her, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. I have a daughter. Jason has two daughters, so anywhere. Yeah. We can see success like that. We like to show that as examples to our kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I so, love it because, you know, meteorology has been like a male-dominated field. Oh, and yeah. there's like whole reasons for it because it used to be a pretty good mix before they started requiring degrees. And at that point in time, men were the only ones who were going to college really to get the degrees. So yeah. there was a drop-off. And now we're recovering back up to the more 50-50 levels, or at least we're hoping to. So it's always good to get more involved. See? Now, how did you end up and we kind of talked about this before we hit record, but for, yeah. for the five people that listen to our podcast, yeah. um, <laughs> we always talk, we talk about, watch. okay, there we go. <laughs> there Thanks we go. mom. For our six <laughs> listeners. Thank you, mom. Um, how did you end up getting into and, you know, becoming a, a, a fan of Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now that's a great question. I actually, I really enjoy talking about it. Because I feel like there's got to be at least some other person out there who might be in a similar situation. Because for me, I said I was an extrovert. I was always into everything and being very talkative. But then I got to middle school and it all came to a screeching halt. I developed like horrific anxiety. I was borderline anorexic. I had depression and it was just... I was afraid to leave my house, which is completely opposite of what you see today or here today. And 
it just, it, it took the wind completely out of my sails for two years in fifth and sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And then one night I was walking through, my dad had Star Trek, the next generation on the screen in the, in the bedroom. And yeah. it was Gambit part one season seven of next generation. <laughs> I had no oh. idea. No one in the world ever starts their Star Trek journey with that episode, but I did. And I watched it. And I was like, this is really cool. And the more I started watching Star Trek, the more I started to feel like, these people, even though they're characters, they're fictional characters, they still wanted to go out and adventure, yeah. even though there could be death or danger or whatever else is out there. It was worth it to them because they got to go on these adventures and learn things and see things. And I really started to embrace that along with the way of starting to think rationally. You don't think about it when you're watching yeah. Star Trek, but yeah. they think very rationally. Yes. Yes. And anxiety is an incredibly irrational thing. That's right. So you change your brain the way you think. And so my anxiety was with germs and being afraid that I would catch something. Well, I would go outside and, you know, wash your hands, stay away from people who are coughing. I'd wear a mask on an airplane. I was ahead of the times. Mm -hmm. But... It worked for me. And then all of a sudden I'm able to take off again and set nice. a course and now I'm here. So yeah, that's, that's I just started getting into Star Trek and it never really stopped. Do you think there's, do you think the fact that you were, you were a Trek fan and obviously do you think that kind of bled into your interest in science as well as you were kind of oh, getting ready? Yeah. Chad Zia, Dax, heck yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you get. Any kind of science in Star Trek, I especially love it when they talk about the weather in Star Trek. And most of the time they do get it right. So I absolutely oh, adore right. that. But um, it just, yeah, it makes you want to reach out to other sciences too. Because on the show, all the departments work together. Right. And with access to social media, I've reached out to volcanologists, mainly because of the name, but now because of the science. <laughs> and like all these other people in astrophysics and whatever that yes. I would never really talk to. And you learn so much. So I'd, I'd mm. give Star Trek the credit for that. Naturally, this does bring up Janeway. Oh my gosh, yes. Right, because you had someone who was who was a blue shirt, right? You had this yeah. this young woman at, at, at Starfleet Academy who was going hard into the sciences, wanted to be a, an exploratory scientist, and then kind of got pulled into right into command, pulled into leadership because she had the skill set. But mm -hmm. but they would keep coming to the writer's credit, they would keep coming back to that theme of she's still a scientist and mm -hmm. you know and it was always i mean my god look at how many detours voyager took on the way home because there was something to be explored right and just exactly I, it and and i mean this again because again we're we're older than you by enough like we've seen so <laughs> much well but really katie we've seen so much change in terms of acceptance inclusion of gender right the the fact that janeway was written that way yeah yeah was i mean that was trek that was no one else would oh, have yeah. written a woman scientist captain who stayed true to that and didn't need a love interest exactly right? as much to, as i'm a jc shipper i'm like mm, that ship needed to sail later on we need to establish <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding hope that in Prodigy they're going to do something with her and Jay and Chakotay. Oh, I swear! Oh, hey, you've been watching Prodigy, right? Yeah. Oh yes. So it does oh, yes. make you wonder. She's very um determined. I'm so excited for seeing what they're going to do with that. If if that's all for a firm handshake, oh. then it's going to be a little strange. 
Yeah. I need at least a hug, a solid five second hug from that. Just <laughs> give it to me, please. <laughs> but they toyed with that one, much like they toyed with Picard and maybe a little less than with Picard and and um Crusher. Well, and but, see how they turned out. There's hope yeah. for you. <laughs> yep. Well, we're only Although, though, as we record this, we're only through through episode six, so we don't know yet. True, but but to back up for a sec, because because there's a theme here that it, well that I'm thinking of. Um, let me connect a few dots like empirically here for you. So you, if you don't mind, like going back to middle school, like mm-hmm. I mean, middle school is hard for a lot of kids, right? Oh, and yeah. it seems especially for girls. And what's oh, interesting, yeah. what's so cool to me is that <laughs> yeah. Star Trek was such a piece that helped you, that that helped you to grow and to be whole. But that's also the time where we know we know from the data that girls top out a map. They just they go from being potentially brilliant to they're no longer interested, right? And that's total socialization. Mm-hmm. And then you oh, hop yeah. over to Janeway, where was something happening with Chakotay? Was there not? And I, my connection is that was back. I promise I'm going to bring this all full circle. They. <laughs> By next week, he will trust. Yeah, me. that's my thing. <laughs> but no, no, there are people. I got time. But yeah, well, I appreciate it, Brad. You can go. But okay, yeah. But but with Chakotay, you know, I mean, they brought in Seven because Trek or not, they needed a feminized, sexualized character. Let's. Mm. Turns out she's a wonderful actor. But that's oh not gosh, why they, yeah. she's so good. But that's not why they brought her in. Okay, and then mm-hmm. the reason I bring this up is because there's a theme here, and then like we've seen, I've seen on Twitter, you've really been trying to call out some pretty blatant chauvinism, right, mm-hmm. regarding female <laughs> broadcasters, right? So I mean, oh, yeah. there, there's a theme here that I see, right, that remains a oh, problem yeah. deeply in our society, no matter how intelligent, educated, and accomplished mm-hmm. these women become. Exactly, and what's interesting too is like. I take on a bit of a Janeway slash Balana-esque way of handling it. Yeah. You have to handle it with poise and dignity and enough that you won't get into trouble. But at the same mm-hmm. time, be spicy. Fight mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Don't just lay there and let it happen. Because then it's just going to keep on happening to the next person and the next person. Put up some mm-hmm. resistance. And I think that kind of does come from, you know, that middle school wet thing of, you know, getting bullied and some ways being wor- worse than others for other people it's varying levels and degrees but you always kind of look back on it and you just wish like oh, i wish i could have stood up to that or like said something that i know like nowadays oh i would have destroyed that but mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you learn and you just want to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone else so i just take the conservatively offensive position of yeah. calling yeah. them out without being too <laughs> like a balana season five or six Exactly. Yeah. More tempered Bellana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I know, you know, like I mentioned before, because, because, you know, we have vested interest in, in seeing yeah. our, you know, our, our, all our children succeed, but knowing that there are, knowing that there are people out there, you know, like yourself and others, you know, that are willing to make that, to stand up for that. You and know. be modest. Yeah. Versus, versus Jason, <laughs> I come from Gen X. It really didn't exist as much back then. Um, you know, is but we were I, also guys and teenagers and were unaware. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just like the changing times, the culture evolves. You get more aware of things as you get more socialized with people and hearing their experiences. Yeah. So it's definitely it's been nice to see people grow from era to era, depend no matter when they were born. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you experience well i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and there's gonna be a reason behind it so you also have gotten into um cosplay oh yes <laughs> so, so and and how did and I, I this is this is almost a silly question but how did you this is i'm always asking this how did you end up getting into that as well other than the yes. fact that obviously there's a passion there for track and then oh, yeah. i'm assuming the first outfit was probably a science outfit a blue shirt outfit or very close it was actually a red shirt tng oh. i got it for halloween in middle school because i thought <laughs> oh i'll just get it and the blue one was out of stock so yeah. okay <laughs> but i i actually i wore that for halloween that one year and then in 2016 i believe it was my dad and i went to um star trek chicago um creation oh, yeah. event and I was like, I'm going to wear my shirt because I don't get to wear this often. And I wore it and I thought, this, this is really fun. And I got to see so many amazing cosplays. And the first time you experience cosplay, you kind of, you don't, you don't really get it until you're in a room full of them. And you're, you're just smiling from ear to ear, the creativity and just the ingenuity and all of it. And it makes you happy. And so I wanted to be a part of that. And I started making cosplays that made me happy, but also would probably make others happy too. What else, what else do you, uh, when you go out and do it, obviously we've seen because and we'll get to the weather report in a second, but we've seen your, <laughs> your science outfit, but what else? Do you have yeah. you gone out as? Well, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, I I think it's pretty much along the same veins of Star Trek, so yeah. I I love it. And so I actually made a twelfth Doctor cosplay. Uh, for anyone who's a Doctor Who fan, where he's on the tank and he has the guitar and he's just like going into full mental breakdown mode. I made that during the pandemic, and I still love it with all my heart. <laughs> And I did the 13th Doctor cosplay. I've made Doodle Bob from SpongeBob, uh, Crowley Ooh. from Good Omens. Um, oh my God. I, I have a whole closet full. <clears throat> Della Duck from DuckTales. Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's not. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Oh, completely. I, I, I remember coming home from school. I had to find a leather jacket that. and cut it. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that deep is cut. awesome. Okay, so is this what gave rise to the fandom forecasts? It is actually because one it was coming up on the DuckTales reboot with David Tennant and Catherine Tate and like half the cast of SNL. What? It's on Disney Disney Channel. Yeah. Check it out. It is to me incredible. It's on par with the original. Um, and just David Tennant knocks it out of the park because it's incredible. He's but brilliant. anywho, yeah. yeah, no, I I had um gotten that I had gotten a uh, into the show right before the pandemic started. And I was like, I, I, the season's coming out. I want to make something for the fans. So I made a forecast for Duckburg and like the money bin and just had fun with it. And people really latched on. I was like, I'm going to call oh. this a fandom forecast and I'm going to make more. And so I think the second one that I made was the Star Trek one. And that one just was nuts. <laughs> I got noticed by so many Trekkies. And yeah. I even had people from the show following me because of it. I made a Star sure. Wars one. Um, yes. I made oh, a I second DuckTales that. one. Good Omens one. You can you can think I'm on the fandoms that I'm a part of. A Doctor mm -hmm. Who fandom forecast. And I actually have a list of all of them still on my desk that I'm going to be making now that I'm back at work. Oh, wow. Wow. How did, how did working during the pandemic, just a sidebar, because you mentioned it, how did oh, that, yeah. how did it change for you? And you know, when you were doing your forecasting work, did you have to go back to the station to use the equipment or did you, how did that all happen? Yeah. Yeah. So it was really, 
incredible because when when it started i was a year into my job pretty much I, wow. not even getting up to a year so i was still pretty new but i was a weekday morning meteorologist which means it was me and four guys at the station and that <laughs> was it running the tv station so we were pretty wow. far apart anywho so through the entire pandemic we worked in the station and wow. we just kind of socially distanced kept our kept our areas apart um but what was really interesting was trying to do the weather coverage during that because you don't you try to make it a little bit happier even if it's pouring rain you try to find the good in it because the entire rest of the newscast was really bad and scary and like it was just information that was horrible so that kind of changed the way that i tried to present the weather and it still is to this day like i'll find a bright spot in a seven day rain streak if it means we're fighting off a drought for the next six months Mm -hmm. so that that helped me a little bit to develop my style wow so do you these so one of the first things this is sad but one of the first things i thought or wondered when i saw the trek cast if you will right uh was how are you doing this Yeah. Like, yeah. do you, do you oh, yeah. go to the studio or do you have a setup at home? I mean, because it, it's yeah. literally like you're watching weather on the news. So it's yeah. just kind of oh, seamless. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it's interesting because I made the graphics with my own. Like I, I made the graphics of backgrounds and everything. I did my research, pulled those in and I, I put them into our graphic system because, you know, it's the middle of a pandemic. We are doing something fun. So yeah. I just did it after work on my own time, I would come in, press the record button and pop it on. And now I have my own home green screen that I use and uh, my own sound systems and just have to get some better lighting. But other than that, yeah, you can, it depends on how chill your station is. If they have a a fun, fun sense with them. And most of the time it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. I, and correct me and apologies in advance where you do, did you do those? Like, especially the Trek one when you were in Sioux city or back, when you're in Sioux City most of them I haven't made a new one actually because I just moved to Lansing back in well end of October and uh, I've missed about a month and a few weeks because I was in a car crash so I haven't had much time to get acclimated but when I do all I'm saying is Disney forecast (laughs) oh (laughs) wait I just no, I don't. You know, I'm not gonna. I was gonna ask a question, but Ooh. it's it would be no, no, kind of a spoiler, and we like staying away from that. I will mm, just spoilers. wait to. I will just wait to watch it. He was gonna ask. You don't have to answer. He was gonna ask why Disney. I think. Oh no, yeah, no. Nope. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. No, I was just. Do you see how I tried to get him Which to actually was? ask the question? Yeah, like who would you? <laughs> I mean, you, my God, you'd have so. It's such mm-hmm. a broad patina. I mean, how would you narrow that down? I actually have multiple Disney fandom forecasts, like a parks forecast where you do the different lands or different <laughs> Disney castles <laughs> or okay. different Disney franchises. You can do whole animation forecasts. Like there's okay. a lot. Okay. That makes sense. That's oh great. yeah. You, you mentioned, cause I know, you know, for those that follow you on Twitter, know that you had, you were in a pretty serious car accident. Oh Yeah. And you were in that coming back from being at the premiere for Picard, if I remember correctly, right? I was. Yeah, I was out. I was in Los Angeles and I 
just I was at the Picard premiere. It was incredible. Amanda Plummer was sitting like two rows in front of me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's Amanda Plummer. And uh, it was amazing. And I was driving back and uh, a person going much faster than I was hit the back of my car. And mind you, this is on La Cienega Boulevard. So it's like a three lane, three lane, and then a middle lane. And I was in the farthest right lane I could be in. And it actually hit the back of my car with such force that it bent the rear tires and it forced me into four lanes of oncoming traffic oh, where another car in the other lane um, hit me in between the passenger front and back window or doors. Yeah. And that caused my car to roll and it landed on the driver's side and okay. just before it would have hit a cement building. So Jeez. it was pretty violent crash. It was like. 11 something at night yeah so um when i hopped out of the car i grabbed my phone and i called my parents because like two o'clock in the morning on the eastern on in michigan on the eastern time and bless them i don't think they slept that entire day or the entire night into the day because i ended up having to go to the hospital because i had a severely dislocated shoulder which now has a permanent dent in it um you showed Basically, the x-ray the doctor said, of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The doc said I'm like a pop can. I have a dent. Um, and mm-hmm. that my entire left arm was unusable. I couldn't really move anything yeah. with it. And, and uh, I had trauma to my veins in my arm. I yeah. had huge bruising, pulmonary contusions, the works. And I lost my voice because <laughs> I had a dislocated shoulder for three hours and I was laying on my back in the ER and since it was a posterior dislocation, it means I was laying on my bone. Oh. And so I was just like screaming for a few hours, but it's fine. Okay. It's good. But you want to know the bright side of this? I was in a cosplay. Okay. <laughs> I was in I was in full leather cosplay, leather pants, leather jacket, everything. So I'm hopping around. I got out of the car and I'm looking for like, you know, the ambulance and stuff. They take me to the ambulance and they're like, we're going to have to get you out of this cosplay. I'm like, hold on. And I unzip the jacket with my good arm and I take off the jacket. I'm like, okay, fine. Cut off the shirt. <laughs> Not the jacket. <laughs> oh this my... is my Andorian jacket too. Oh, and then uh, oh I get to God. the ER and they're like, That's hilarious. we need to take off your pants. We're going to cut off your pants. And I said, no, you're not. You're <laughs> no, taking you're them not. <laughs> so they got one doctor on one leg, one doctor on the other leg, and they just oh yanked my these God. Like, skin tight leather pants. They will I can never only imagine you. what they said. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, between that and then when they reset my shoulder, I told them, I was like, you have to put me out. Like, I I yeah, won't be yeah. able to handle this. Yeah. And when I was coming back out, they were talking about Star Trek because they saw <laughs> that I had like the Star Trek earrings and everything. Yeah. And they're like, what shows the, what's the new show are you really into? I said, Strange New Worlds because my God, Anson Mount is hot. And <laughs> the entire ER just started erupted it. in laughter. Like, this is trauma one at Ronald Reagan UCLA. Oh, my God. And they were just laughing. So it was it was pretty great um, to get them to laugh and to get myself to laugh in that state. You know, the loopy gases help. But after that, it was like just dark. Well, and, yeah. and, I'm, and yeah. I just, I mean, it's so impressive, your attitude, considering how serious oh, man. it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. And how you dodged. I mean, oh, completely. Bad, bad joke, but dodged a bullet. No, I mean, that. you walked, you walked well, yeah. away. That's the incredible. fact that. I was able to walk away from that because if that second car hadn't hit me, I would have smashed head on into a cement building and that could have been it. So like, you know, those thoughts do like pop across your mind and for work, I drive an hour to work each way every day. And and so that's like something that I'm going to have to deal with um, Mm -hmm. anxiety wise. And Mm -hmm. I had to rehab to get my arm strength back so I could hold on to the steering wheel. So it's, it's, 
if it had to happen, it happened in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the attitude I've chosen to take yeah. with it. Cause like Wonderful. I said, fifth and sixth grade middle school, I've, I already know what it's like to be in a deep, dark place. So yeah. I know how to stay away from the hole. Well, so we don't be the buzz. So we're not the buzzkills of the, of oh, the you, you lost um, because of the accident, uh, the, you know, the, the swag and everything from yes. the card. But oh, I saw like right. Terry Metalis and Jerry Ryan mm-hmm. and others um, respond to your tweets when you were talking about it. I think Terry, yeah. Terry Metalis said, we'll get you what, you know, we'll get you all the Picard stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I had, they had awesome. these posters when you picked up your seat ticket. So I got this physical ticket and I got this beautiful poster for the season. And I protected that thing like a baby at the after party and the theater, everything. It was amazing. And as soon as like the car landed and I was looking out the windshield, I looked to my left and there was the crumpled remains of the poster on the driver's side glass. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> I protected you. And um so that that was like on that was lost. The ticket was in the car. Like I wasn't able to get anything Aww. out of the car other than yeah, my yeah. wallet and my backpack. So I lost that and I was so just mad. And I, you know, still just sitting in a hotel room an hour a few two after it happens, yeah. putting up that tweet. I'm like Amazing. I'm still really sad about this guy. I mean, so Terry reached out and he's like, Hey, wow. we'll get you, we'll get you the press box basically That's so sweet. that they send out. So I got a bottle of Chateau Picard, a charcuterie board in the Delta badge. See. Um, oh. I got Star Trek bottle stoppers. Um, and just, I, I got some very sweet messages. Will Wheaton messaged me, Jerry Ryan oh, messaged awesome. me. Uh, Gates McFadden, bless her heart. She's messaged me several times. Um, um, oh, all I know is what's his name. He plays Shaw. Oh yes, oh, oh he's so good. Um, yes. Oh my gosh, like such a sweet guy. He reached out. Like the, the Star Trek community was very kind. Um, and you know That's I was there so cool. because I had friends that I podcast with, and through them I was able to go to the premiere, and oh. I just called them. <laughs> two in the morning like i am at this hospital could someone pick me up yeah so everyone is just in the star trek community just was like yes we'll come and help you or here we'll help you with this i've had people say they'll send me their ticket from the premiere to replace mine like because that's what star trek is that's That's why we all fell in love with it as kids because it's such a better world and it, it shows us what we can aspire to Exactly. And the person who drive, drove me home well, to the hotel, uh, Ryan, he was like, I told him I was sorry I was being a burden for him, like getting up at four in the morning to drive half an hour to get me. And he was like, no, because I know you would have done the same for me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I would have done the same for any Star Trek fan. Like, mm. this is who we are. And that, that wow. makes you feel good. Wow. Yeah, I, That's, I, so much I saw that. the Twitter response to, to, oh, yeah. to your posts and the picture of the dent and everything like that. And then mm. seeing all these people respond and not even, not even the celebrities, just, just regular people responding. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I've had people from different countries, different States. I, I even had a person bless him. He's a viewer that I had in Sioux city when I was broadcasting huh. there, he sent me a bouquet of flowers to my new station and <laughs> get well soon. And it's just, I had a person from Texas send me a board game called Storm Chasers that he saw at Target. <laughs> and like, oh. it's, it's just the craziest and just the kind messages, people taking the time out of their day to say even wow. just hi. Yeah. Like, it just, it really, after yeah. something that was so 
just awful and it makes you so mad that it happens to people then you get this response and it's like it doesn't negate what happened Mm -hmm. but it sure helps put you on a bright path after yeah excellent do you um oh shoot i was gonna ask a question on that this is this is where my 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 mind moves too fast sometimes. Uh, just the train of and, thought derailed and went off. Yeah, the no, no, no. It was. It, I had, <laughs> I had like this really, really generically generalized, mediocre question, and now I forgot what it was. But, um, oh, you know, let me let me digress here because again, because that's what I'm known for. Um, being down in Sioux City, um, we had talked about the fact that you know even here in Milwaukee, Jason maybe a little more so, we don't get a lot of of you know mesocyclonic storms and such we have to Ooh, live vicariously bonus through points the... for the terminology hey, see? see no you know that's what, happens. See, that's what happens when you prepare for someone being on and you hit wikipedia so <laughs> yes <laughs> um but going down in sioux city did you ever do as part of maybe part of your 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 degree program or anything any type of storm chasing because you mentioned like oh, the board game oh yeah good question heck yes so in college valpo has an amazing program and their professor bart wolf he started a storm chasing group 28 years ago i want to say so every summer there would be two classes where they'd go out into the high plains or central plains or wherever wow. for 10 days and chase tornadoes and i got to do that at, for four years which is wow really wild because they don't usually take freshmen on these trips and Mm -hmm. i was lucky enough to get chosen so for four summers i spent time from montana to new mexico to arkansas everything in between and it was incredible and so that was partially one of the reasons why i chose sioux city um it's because it was in an area that i had driven through on a storm chase i liked the area and i knew i could get more storm chasing done and then absolutely no storms formed while i was out there (laughs) there was like maybe like three tornadoes within my area and then now this year they're already getting way more activity i'm just like it's fine everything's fine i'm a weather curse it's fine (laughs) um i'm the kind that people want to pay to move to their area because nothing will happen then but i still tried to chase as much as i could you know we had several derechos move through which are those severe wind storms got to see Mm. those um and I actually, for the August 2020 derecho that just destroyed Iowa, practically, uh, one of the costly storms and actually the costly storm in U.S. history because of all the agriculture that was destroyed. Oh, wow. um, I called in sick that day and I will never forgive myself for missing that. Oh, oh, you call in. You, I was, I was oh, waiting for you I to thought say, you were playing hooky. Yeah, yeah I thought you were going to play hooky, but I had the worst migraine headache. Oh, I couldn't even well, stand up. I mean, you can't. And I'm do just anything. like. I, I'm going to puke if I move, so I have to call in. And then yeah. this happens, and oh. I just, I almost flipped a table. I was so livid. <laughs> so, okay. So, as a meteorologist, what's mm-hmm. what when you saw the, the footage of the tornado outside of LA, what, oh, what went gosh. through your mind? Day after tomorrow, I missed the movie. It again? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, because LA, you guys have had, LA has had snow. There's been tornadoes now. Mm-hmm. You get all of this chaotic stuff that's been happening, flooding. And I'm sitting here in Michigan like, hmm, it's just brown out because everything's dead and there's no snow to cover it up. Yeah. Hmm. So first, extreme concern for the people who were in that position and situation. Yeah. Second, jealousy uh, <laughs> that there's a little bit of active weather because in Sioux City, that's another thing why I love Sioux City is once you get out west, there are far fewer things for storms to hit. And yeah. that makes it 
easier to study it without feeling like without the imminent concern that it's damaging or destroying things. Mm -hmm. And you can go a 50 mile stretch without a single house sometimes. So ideally that's what I look for. And if you could take those storms, just put them somewhere else where we can enjoy them in peace without destroying anything. That's what I want from life. Just to, and just to be able to study them too. I mean, yeah. I I even know from being a kid to, um, you know, being an adult and following the weather and both and having the weather radio and listening to that, you know, KE60 radio and National Weather Service, Milwaukee Sullivan, I used to be able to recite that. Yeah. Um, and how you're able to, and obviously it's a science, but it's still technology. It's still iterating. You're still learning and yeah. seeing how you're able to forecast storms and potential tornadoes you know oh yeah so much better now than even 10 15 20 years ago Um, exponentially better yeah and just seeing how that's grown and and it's 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 fascinating did you ever um think about you know like watching the california weather or watching you know looking back at sioux city or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. did you ever like do like a fan forecast except go back and say hey i wonder if this area is going to get hit or not and kind of run the numbers and run the run the models yeah. and stuff. one time when i was in sioux city they had actual they had tornadoes here in michigan and i did a facebook live update for my family back home and my friends and i was like hey guys here's what's happening let me show you what's going on oh, and like cool. doing nice. forecasts for areas that i have an emotional attachment to and uh you know the meteorologists in those areas too i'll just share their information just be like hey tune in to channel 159's news whatever it may be and uh just making sure that people are safe because that's the thing too you mentioned the the science had the technology has grown incredibly the social science is still very lacking in that we don't get the warnings to all the people and we don't necessarily know how to Mm -hmm. not it's not for lack of trying we have tornado sirens we have the emergency alert system on our phones we have all of this yet there's still a gap and there's going to still be people who you say there's a tornado warning they're sitting in their front yard on a chair watching we just and... had this conversation they're called wisconsinites we know from yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a there's a comedian here in wisconsin named charlie barons and i don't know if you've ever seen it he did a video <laughs> of, of exactly being, that of being a father really? yeah and he's yelling at his kids i'll send you the link he's, he's yelling at his kids oh to get gosh. to the basement yeah and then as soon as it is he's like okay everyone's set then you see him come out the door with a beer and crack a beer and <laughs> and start watching the sky so exactly and like sometimes that's perfectly fine you got good visibility i trust your instinct you probably 60 years in the plane gives you some experience with that (laughs) but it's like you get you get different ways of warning people at night versus during the day there's the blind and deaf communities who have to get different alerts yeah and it's just that's one of the big things for me now is social education of the sciences on through tiktok and just telling people hey did you know that there's the thing called ball lightning and it's mother nature's version of a grenade because i bet you didn't and here's a new fear (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, I mean, even too, I was watching because I, I lived for a couple of years because I have family in Tampa and everyone talked about heat lightning. You know, oh, yes. you looked you look out toward the Gulf and you'd see flashes of light and everyone's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's heat lightning. And I remember looking that up and I'm like, there's no such thing as that. How is it? How is it being permeated as a it's a, it's like a myth that it exists. So, so uh, that's in my TikTok ideas journal. Uh, I have a lot that. of journals, by the way. That's cool. So uh, 
but no heat lightning totally it doesn't even exist all it is is that in the summer when it's hot you tend to get thunderstorms that keep going into the overnight hours and when they're far enough away and near the horizon all you don't see that lightning hit the ground because you can't see the cloud base so all it is is cloud lightning so it's cloud to cloud or cloud to ground yeah. just generally call it heat lightning I'm going to, I'm going to pause. Cause I could, yeah, geez. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, why? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> it, people will truly believe anything. Chase, exactly. there was when I was, cause I, I was with Chase. This was early nineties when we, when we went to college together the first year, I ended up moving to Florida after that. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing about heat lightning and down in Tampa, you know, they hadn't had a hurricane come through in eons and oh, I yeah. needed to prepare growing up in the Midwest. So I went to the library. And looked it up because nice. the internet didn't exist. I mean, other yeah. than that was when Jason and I were like, look, we can actually dial in and send email back and forth when you're up. And our friend you know, Eric had a 9600 baud modem and that thing flew. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, now we've sufficiently. Sad now that but we've true. Sufficiently wow. ourselves. Sad but true. <laughs> yeah, because I could I could start talking about and I'm going to pause, but like yeah, Lizak's recurring cycle, I was fascinated by winter forecasting because obviously I imagine you as a meteorologist hear all the time from people like me out in the field. So how many exact inches of snow are we going to get this winter? <laughs> Don't give me yeah. this fluff range that you're just covering your butt with. What are you yeah. thinking? Yeah. Yeah, you know, this that, storm that we're going to get, am I going to get two inches? Am I going to get 2.3 inches? Am I going to get mm -hmm. eight inches? You know, but you know, as we, as we, I think as we inch maybe here, no pun intended because of the snow, but as we inch toward the end here, I mean, I think that's a real thing. Like I've, I've heard from people I love and respect and who are intelligent and educated exactly what you just said, Katie, of, well, they don't really know. And it's like, well, no, but I mean, the models are so superior to what they were even a few years ago. Yeah, but they're yeah. just covering themselves. They don't really know. And I mean, it kind of goes to what you were saying about the social science aspect of the the physical sciences of something like meteorology. Like I've, I've said to my one of my daughters in the car one morning on the way to school was like, <clears throat> yeah, but they they don't they obviously don't know what's going on. And it's like, kiddo, we don't even have the computational capacity to fully explain one single match burning. And they are trying to forecast yes. an entire mm -hmm. section of a continent. It's like they mm -hmm. can't. And so what, you know, what I'm getting to is there's, there's such a poor understanding and such a poor tolerance for ambiguity and especially exactly. for uncertainty, whether it's in your, you know, whether it's the weather forecast, whether it's COVID, right? Well, why can't yeah. you just give me an answer? Well, because there's no way yet to predict with that kind of specificity, which must mean you're exactly. hiding something. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, we could go into specific specifics yeah. for that one hour model run, right. but the next hour is going to completely change. Right. And there's no way to redact all of that previous information and make sure everyone who saw that now sees the new stuff. Yeah. So you have to take into account a broader range of things before you put that yeah. into a forecast. And it, it is true. Like a lot of times people, I, I'll, I, I swear if I had a dollar every time someone said like, you could be wrong half the time and still keep your job. Oh boy. scientists have now gotten like meteorologists we've gotten close to 85 90 percent correctiveness yeah. like incredible. in many areas That's there's incredible. been research done and what's really <laughs> quite interesting about it is that no matter how good we get at forecasting, there's still going to be one spot that's a degree colder and that's technically wrong. So <laughs> I always tell people it's like pour 
a whole bunch of glitter into a bowl of milk, find one speck of glitter, start spinning the milk around in a circle and track it and tell me where it's going to go for the next seven days. <laughs> That's, That's what we do with really meteorology. Awesome That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Cause it's like half the time you can't see what's happening. The other half of the time you could get bad data. You could have satellites go down. You could have whatever it may be. And uh, mm. it all just comes down to it. If you have to look out your window. We're going to try to make it better than that. And whether you appreciate it or not, we're still going to try. Well, and and now, I mean, here locally with, with weather reports and, and I follow, you know, the four major networks, you know, um, now as part of the forecasts, just I think, and, and I don't want to speak for them, but I think probably to show people the complexity of it, they'll show the different model runs. Oh, and yeah. say, yeah. That's you know, cool. here's the oh, GFS yeah. model mm-hmm. run where we look like we're going to only get three, but with the <clears> European <throat> model run, we could potentially get seven. So just be aware that's uh-huh. why things are the way they are. Exactly. You know? Shout out to Minnesota Public Radio, right? Which, sorry, mm-hmm. best in the country. Oh, yeah. But they have, um, there's an updraft blog. That's what they call it. And Ooh. they, they, it's, and when there's any kind of inclement weather, so you can imagine this is popular during snowstorms and blizzards and big time in the summer uh oh, especially yeah. in the hot right friction ones um they the the they have the blog but then they also live blog and yep. and they do exactly what you just said Brad they the the meteorologists with them they they post just every few minutes they post the different models they post right the NWS updates from the entire region um and it's just here's the information here's the best thinking yeah. And, and it's not going to align, but it's open. Yeah, exactly. You can present all the data to people and let them make their own decisions. And that goes back to the, I wish that they would do meteorology in school. <laughs> in like middle school, yeah, high school, yeah. have a meteorology course, basics, how to read the maps, because then that would Seriously. really increase meteorological literacy. And mm-hmm. it would help with, you know, explanations. And you could go more in depth. Like yeah. it was pretty taboo here for like the early 2000s to really show raw data or model numbers that could be thought of as confusing like the viewers won't understand it they will you just have to explain it in a way that's easy to understand it in under three and a half minutes so i love those model comparisons where it's side by side here's one here's the other we're going to move them both at the same time stamp so you can see this one has a blizzard at 7 p.m this one has nothing now which one do you think is right because that's the challenge we're going through. And it, it kind of gives yeah. you a little bit more sympathy from people too yeah. when they see the challenges that you're going through with it. And I mean, Jason, you know, we keep going back to make it fun of our own age. We're, you know, we're, I'm 49. Um, I remember as a young kid in the early eighties, there's a legendary meteorologist in the area called Paul Joseph. It was him and um, Tom Skilling started his career here Tom before, he, Skilling. before he ended up at WGN. And they used to do their weather reports on a state map that had um, a piece of glass or plexiglass over it. And they would draw on the markers oh, wow. and they would draw in the low pressure and high pressure systems. And I saw, a skill. I, you know, I saw the thunderstorm symbol that you had next to your witch. I think it was the R. Yeah. Right? With the, yes. Yep. It's like a little R with an arrow. Yeah. On I leg. remember him awesome. putting those on there and now being able to show the model runs. It's just fascinating how far, we've come in that science and thinking back to, I remember watching Twister and then I'm going to stop Jason. I know. I was wondering um, if we get to Twister. 
Yeah. Dude, I, I went to a Twister festival where we rented out a drive-in and showed the movie to the town of Sioux City. Like, oh, I, that's I appreciate awesome. that movie. <laughs> oh, and, and oh. I remember all the flack people were giving meteorology saying, hey, they're actually saying that it's an F4 or F5 tornado. Why aren't you doing that <laughs> on the weather reports? Yeah. And obviously, for obvious reasons, scientifically, being a weathered, I know, I know why you can't. But now, even now, they're saying, look at the, I was watching the more, I think I mentioned before the coverage of the Moore Oklahoma F5 yeah. tornado. Yep. Just at, which one, 1999 or 2013? 2013. Yeah, and, there you are. And they were showing the debris ball and they had a guy up in the helicopter and they're like this, you know, and they weren't saying for sure. They're like, this very well could be an F4 or an F5. And yeah. just the fact that yeah. you all are at that point just 15 years later. Oh, um, yeah. And being able to warn people of it and them yeah. saying, okay, if you're at the Walmart or at Westmore High School mm-hmm. or at this, take cover, get underground. This is not a joke. Yeah. You know, you watch this stuff. And um, I'm just fascinated. Sorry, I'm fanboying a little bit. No, but... it's incredible. I fan I fan over it too. Like it's, you want to know fanning about it. Actually, I will uh, grab right here so the viewers can find out. Anywho, I have my cats named Doppler and Radar. <laughs> um, I live the oh. brand. I'm oh, currently, uh, for those listening, I have my little Doppler next to me because oh. she's chaos and she's probably going to try to tear down my green screen. But yeah, no, you name them Doppler and Radar after technology that didn't exist 100 years ago. So mm-hmm. I can't oh. wait to see what my cats will be named when I'm 80 because it could be something that's invented here in the next 10 years. Jason knows that I was such a nerd that I my hard drives, because I had a computer that had multiple hard drives on it. One was Dorothy and one was Dusty from twister i don't remember that i forgot about that you You remember we both i don't remember that i we i remember that i i do i don't remember they had names i mean first of all how quaint hard drives but like oh yeah you're you're not kidding katie like like doppler is actually kind of going forward with the green screen um oh yeah that's funny cute um but i i it's it's just it's distracting because i keep waiting for the color shift and it's not happening yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, no, Brad. I mean, Twister was a great movie, but my God, did Brad get into that movie? I mean, we're still quoting oh. that movie today regularly. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not Phil exactly about the year I was born. By the way, oh, well, that was unnecessary, but that's neat. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. We were only. I mean, we were twenty at the time, so we were still. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I, Jason, I was extraordinarily <laughs> immature. I probably, probably was a good ten years behind my chronological age at that point. But you that up, was got when yeah. a little bit growing ups overrated. Yeah, that is true. Oh, it's, uh, overrated, that especially is true. yeah. Um, but watching that movie, knowing full well they so did. Cool. Two different weather stations, meteorologists came together and did for both stations. They they showed it them going to Twister and giving their their both their their review of it from just a cinematic perspective and then their review of it as a scientist perspective. And they said, you know, we're not there yet, but it was a fascinating to see to where potentially we could go. Other than at the end of the movie, them floating in the air and looking up at the, oh, at the you know. they would have been so dead oh, oh yeah. my gosh they would have oh. been shredded <clears throat> swiss <clears throat> cheese okay yeah. so that's funny because the part that really bothered me from the beginning is none of the aerial sensors would have flown yeah yeah i mean they would have been picked yeah. up 
but it's yeah. like all the mass was in the sensor and then you had a tiny little cutesy pinwheel it's like mm -hmm. that's not how fluid dynamics work that nothing flies and like it would that have been ripped out it was just aluminum if you have wind speeds <laughs> of 300 miles per hour it's gonna shred your pepsi can yeah wow yeah we, the we this was well probably a year before you were born there was a major tornado that hit north north of us about an hour in a city called oakfield yeah right so oh, yeah. five minutes from my hometown yeah and so wow. we, and we went out well i watched because i was working much further away and i saw um i saw the anvil and oh. and drove up there this was before we all were carrying cell phones and drove up yeah. there jace and yeah. got behind it i i was passed but we drove through the city as any idiots shouldn't do after yeah. the storm goes yeah. through and it was a week and we could so i went with our friend brian right because we were in fond du Lac, that's where we're from or where i'm from yeah, i and was with so, you yeah you were with me right yeah, yeah it was you and we you remember we went and by the time because it was like we like that one you had to go under downstairs like that was oh, yeah big, right? unsurvivable it, above ground yeah because mm -hmm. this was this was just literally miles away from town from our and I mean, it's amazing there was no loss of life it's but you remember we went up on the hill by the time we got there which was like 15 20 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes after it tore through the national guard was already there and so we couldn't get closer than remember up on the hill and yeah. I, I i've told my girls about this i will never forget it because you looked we looked down onto the town and you know it was an f5 so of course you could see it raked you it it's yep, right down path. into the soil yeah like there was mm -hmm. no grass no pavement nothing it was just that swath I remember that because it went right downtown like down mm. into like the dirt like like deep and it's like i mean it was just it was humbling now was awesome. did you guys have the smell of like the the broken trees the grass the dirt in the i don't air? remember that that's I don't remember that, thing. but I've heard about that. I that heard was the thing that. I've seen a lot of people talking about with the tornado that hit Mississippi. Um, is that there was a lot of just the fresh smell of wood being snapped off and grass oh. being torn up, and um, it's it's definitely interesting to see how that works because these storms pick up the trees, they pick up the grass, and they fly them hundreds of miles away at times they Amazing. recovered a check from someone over 100 miles away in a different town hmm. so it's it's definitely interesting when people experience big tornadoes like that if, if you had any like other sensory inputs that were left behind they we had this was probably about 10 years ago i live about seven miles as the bird flies from lake michigan hmm. and probably about two hours north of us there had been a pretty hefty i don't remember what year it was but we had corn corn stalks um oh, kind of yeah. floating down and we had an envelope there was no address just a piece of one with a turn address from jace up in adams county yeah um, wow which wow. is far enough away that's always so yeah so just uh, we're fascinated by us we didn't even get the chance we've kept you on yeah. goodness another oh. 40 minutes longer than we yeah, could thank you so I much for spending time with us. Jeez. we thank we have guys. to if you don't if it's okay with you especially as picard wraps up we didn't oh. even get a chance to totally get into that yeah. we'd love when to picard have you back wraps... yeah. oh yeah because i need someone to geek out with and you guys are oh. perfect yeah right okay, back perfect. at you yeah yeah we it's it's oh my god i yes <laughs> yeah. Yes, because well, we'll like well, while we're recording this, we're up to episode six, and yep. I've already I've rewatched that episode so many times. <laughs> like yeah. the ending had me screaming at the TV. It was so good. When TV gets your butt off the couch, oh, 
that's it. I never cheer or fist pump at anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't do sports. I just, I mean, I you know, I very much no like golf clapper maybe, but uh, even though golf makes no sense to me, but I, oh my <laughs> god, the the. The, these past couple episodes, yeah, especially six. I mean, like when I was texting Brad, like and why I was, found myself why cheering. Was, why was there a, oh, yeah. like a EKG beat by Kirk? You know. Oh my gosh! Oh, I yes. That. Yeah. You know what's hilarious? I there's one viewer. They have a heart monitor, and they've been posting their heart monitor's results while watching the episodes <laughs> on Twitter. I haven't been able to find them again, but I'm starting to think I need to invest in one because it's probably just going to be off the charts for the rest of the season. That's that's your next your next cosplay. It's not tachycardia. It's Star yeah. Trek, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't watch mine. I now you have me thinking that as you I probably watch shouldn't. It again, Oh, I probably I probably should just to see what it looks like. So well, and then you can match it up with parts of the episode, and it's really cool to see like when the episode has like ba- major fight scenes or big revelations. Like, yeah, so much. To, yeah, science rocks. That's yeah. again why Star Trek is so awesome. Yeah, yes. Katie, uh, thank you so much. We will definitely yeah, this as long as you're amicable. Have yeah. you back? Because oh, we will awesome. have no, thank more you. more card talk more star trek talk i we mm-hmm. there are things you were on a, a podcast a, a year uh, about a year ago the trek profiles and yes. they cool. had topics on there i didn't even touch half of them because yeah. i would love to hear about <laughs> them um so we'll have to have you back when picard is done and talk about that but thank you so much we know you're still healing and recovering for taking yeah. the time and um wish you all the best as you as you get better mm-hmm. and, and return to normal work and yeah. and, and we'll thank you for and yeah. thank you to Katie's mom for listening to us. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. Literally, anytime you give me a ring, I will try to be on here whenever plan, you call. Plan on hearing from us as soon as 10 drops. Yeah. That yeah. sounds good to me. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks so much. Poor Katie, if we hadn't, if we hadn't, uh, you know, said that we need to be cognizant of our time. I could have probably just sat there and listened to her meteorology stories for hours. One thing I forgot to mention that I wanted to ask about, and Katie, I'll have to ask again, is she is a certified broadcast meteorologist, Mm -hmm. which means there is, um, I mean, there are stringent requirements about this around atmospheric dynamics, thermodynamics, physics, uh, probability and applied statistics i mean you have to and then you have to do a multiple choice and then they have mm-hmm. to uh, evaluate you i mean th- it that was a lot of work to no, put she's in got, to... she's got legit science cred i mean she's a meteorologist yeah. and she i don't remember if she talked so much about it with us during the interview or perhaps afterwards but she i mean she's a scientist yeah she's a scientist and not only that went above and beyond and got the cbm certification from the Very ams cool. american and and i forgot to ma- i forgot to ask about that because um that is stringent and it would be fun katie you'll have to have you on again i would love to hear the stories about that um and i promise i won't um, message about it because i don't want to go into stalker territory but um it's funny though when there are storms coming up um i actually have i think i mentioned before i will go to the streaming sites for the local television stations so i can see on the ground and so um hopefully they never have to deal with it over in the lansing region but i have that one on my bookmark Mm -hmm. bookmarks for weather too in case stuff that floats over from where i am which tends to happen across the lake and then reforms across the lake um 
could cause some yeah. um, interesting Problems, weather yeah. over there. Well, and yeah. they're clearly in good hands. That community is in good hands, especially yeah. with her emphasis on communicating so clearly, so well, so informatively. And what a sto- what a, I mean, what a story. And I don't want to make light of this as to what she what she went through with that car accident and yeah. how you know so many people when she posted online that she's okay mm-hmm. jerry ryan reached out terry metallis reached yeah, out very cool and stuff. she lost she lost all of her her swag that she had gotten in the accident from being at the premiere yeah. and they sent her seriously I mean, upgraded her yeah i mean how i mean that tells you a lot about the, the star that, trek community right and 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 our love for it her love for it um mm-hmm. Very, very cool. It was it was a real treat getting to talk to Katie because that is, well, obviously one of your true passions, meteorology. Yeah. Well, yeah, lifelong, yeah. And and just being able to chat with her about the science and the broadcasting of it. And then, you know, having that that fandom perspective. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah, and again, I've said this multiple times. You were very patient with us and patient with me, I should say in asking questions about meteorology, because I don't get a chance to talk to, um, you know, meteorologists. I, I, I knew, <laughs> I knew I, I had acquaintances with some meteorologists here at the local right. national weather service office. Right. Cause I used to be a, I am a air quote trained spotter. Yeah. Um, and I do put in reports, layman's reports when things happen yeah. locally here through a, uh, the the irony is we both record from our basements. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. I think I think there might have been occasions in the past where when you and I were both recording at one point or another, we both were dealing with severe weather upstairs. Um yeah, I remember I think one that's time true, actually. I remember one time you were like, Can you hear the thunder? And I'm like, No, I can't yeah. hear it. Oh, and it was shaking the house. Yes. Yeah, love it. So, we we both love that weather. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'd love to um, have you back again. Yeah, and I think right she on. mentioned at some point that her mom might listen. So hello to Katie's mom. Hello, Katie's mom. Your daughter. Yeah. Your daughter. Your daughter is awesome. Yeah. And th- and thank you for for actually um, bearing with us and listening to mm-hmm. us. So thank you both. for the GM corner. So now let's move over to the GM corner. And um, boy, there are some (laughs) things we could talk about and some (laughs) things we can't. Jason warned me multiple times on topics that I really kind of need to avoid until certain shows finish their seasons based off of the time that we are recording this. Versus Um, when it drops, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass it over to you and say, so um, obviously you had some travels that you were dealing, you were doing, mm-hmm. this is the first time we've recorded in, I think a week yeah. and a half or so. Oh, uh, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. So, um, I have been periodically texting you the cover of a book that I've been trying to get you to purchase. It is funny. You should bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Well then I'm going to turn over okay, what's, so, what's on your desk or what's on order. So what, well, it's not on order only because it's not available yet for pre-order. Uh, but, um, to use the wrong canon it will be uh, before much longer. Uh, as as of this recording, it's only been a few days. But when this when this episode drops, we're talking um, about two and a half weeks. Uh, what I think is just wonderful is that Modifius, our friends at Modifius, announced something I never expected. 
I mean, we know that Star Trek Adventures is in the very capable hands of Jim Johnson, but I never would have put money down on this one, like like seeing this happening. Uh, there is coming, if you don't already know this, a Star Trek Adventures Lower Decks campaign guide. Oh, yeah. You could not get the money out of my wallet faster. Uh, I mean, like, you know, we joked about this, but I mean, Brad, you'll, you'll, you've said how many times as we've recorded over the past couple of years now of it's surprising when I'm the one to pre-order first. Look, the moment this book becomes available, uh, I will be pre-ordering. I love the idea. I so very much, I, I very much want to play. I think I, I, so I was traveling, we were um, quite a ways away last week. And I think at some point I texted you and I'm like, maybe it was right before we left. I'm like, I really want to play STA. We just have to figure out how to make this work. And now, now I know oh, how no I want to play it. So, um, you know, no, no rush, uh, Modifius, no rush, Jim, but you know, daddy needs a new campaign guide. Uh, that, that said though, kudos to everyone because Star Trek pushed it like crazy on all of their channels i mean really obvious stuff so it was everywhere so man i hope i can get one of those in the first round because i just don't even care what they charge and the crew pack pdf is out and everything now so if you're a, what, if you're four, a lower decks fan, four different pdfs are available yeah you can go you can go and and mm -hmm. pick it up now and mm -hmm. I know we we talked briefly with jim and he's going to join us next month and so mm -hmm. we'll we'll uh, Oh, next month. You're right. I'm yeah, you're right. I had a senior moment. Yeah. So, or actually, by the time no, this no, drops, you're right. it will be that month. No, it'll it be next be month. May. See, yeah. you're no June. You are also having a senior moment. I am. Yeah. But this is what but, happens when we don't record for two weeks. Yeah. That's I, I'm I'm out. My timeline is all wet. I but, know. But it'll be a great conversation. Because it's August, right? No, just kidding. Keep going. Well, you had me pause because just for like a split second, I'm like, is <laughs> Brad, it really? Brad, Brad froze. <laughs> you could see the smoke. Well, I mean, you know, for those that listen, I'm I'm in between jobs. And so my my schedule's a little wonky. Yeah, and yeah, without is. the structure of work, yeah. sometimes these days roll together. And so when you said August, I'm like, oh, man. I'm, I'm just I mean, kidding. there was that split just... second moment where I yeah, actually there thought it was. Okay, back but to yeah, you. we're going to have we're going to have Jim on next month and really talk about lower decks and everything and, anything and i will talk i will mention to him the fact that you you're going to get the lower decks book but you still don't have a core rule book yet why are you outing me on on <laughs> i i i will correct that okay i will correct that you know we haven't uh to to my defense we we haven't played anything oh there's again there's, again there's, in, i know there's, there's no excuse but there's no but defense for this there the, We've I had mean, Jim on how many times, and you still haven't picked up the core. Now you do. And, I mean, I'm sorry, I can look over. You there. have the rules digest. Oh, and the you GM have... guide, and the players yes. guide, and yes. and Utopia Planitia, and um, and I will soon, I hope, by the end of summer when it comes out, have the lower decks uh, campaign guide. And y yes, and I will. Um, in fact, they've been on sale at the game center. Uh, I do need to order the core rule book honestly in the past two days i've i've ordered two books online um and so like was one of them the core rule book <laughs> no well then, you're lucky i, I don't there's, again no podcast. no defense for this no, no defense it, it is coming but but you know we haven't played anything 
Um, And, you know, we, which is ironic because it's like, let's, let's go to bi-weekly for a while as a podcast so that we have time to play. Yeah, that that hasn't worked out very well. And, 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 and instead we're taking all of that extra time and talking more about the podcast yes, and, <laughs> in the background and talking about shows that are on television that we have been fascinating. Well, I mean, we went okay. to start, we, we, we got online at the top of the last hour and I don't think it took, it took 20 minutes for us to hit the record. It button. took 40 minutes, Brad. Oh, did it? Okay. It took 40 minutes, wow. which, which is worse than even our normal. But again, we haven't actually talked like this for two weeks since before my trip. Yeah, because you were um, traveling. Yeah. yeah, but I, and then there was a significant time difference. Uh, but I I mean, t- to your point, and then it, then I'll bet it over to you, but to your point about, you know, we talking TV, uh, I mean, as, as May rolls around here, so we've had season three of Star Trek Picard. We've had <laughs> season three of The Mandalorian. We are a month and a half away from season two of Strange New Worlds. Um, later this summer, I think is I think it's August is season two of Lower Decks. August is Ahsoka. I'm I, I mean, there there is so much going on that we talk about, and this that distracts us on the tube, if you will. Well, and part of it, I, I'll be honest with you, part of it's on me because it takes. It takes for for him and I. It takes two to two to game, and I have, I've been, mm. um, I've been in the you know in the throes of of a job search. But I'm gonna take control of GM corner. Um, yeah, go. I have upstairs the book, which is indefensible that you don't have, aka the core rule book. And so I hear. Yeah, and I have been using. Going back to our initial oh, talk yeah. about Chat GPT, um, I sent you a lot of this. I yeah. had Chat GPT create a uh, senior crew for a starship. I had to create three different starships. It is oh, now. Hold on, you you had to do one more thing, which was far more impressive. You asked it to create an adventure. Oh yes, and that was downright eerie because it's like that was humbling because I was reading that I, you were texting me these screenshots and it's like, damn, that's good. Yeah, and because you know it's hard for Jason and I to to find right now um, the time to groups, write this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and to to write it and to find a group to be able to play. Yeah, um, we have to do this duet wise, yep. and it is just fascinating to me how a lot of the pre-session zero and session zero um, material we could generate very quickly and jump right into a game if we wanted and then allow chat gpt to be it's not at a point where it can be an ai gm it's not there but as a gm pc one of us probably me we can have it generate content that we can leverage into the game and and create some randomizing it can help us randomize some of this but so of of course i mean i well maybe not of course but i can i can imagine i can imagine jim johnson listening to this episode and if, if if he is i can imagine him thinking well 
Modifius has been publishing exactly what you're talking about for several years now. Why not pick it up? So yeah. there is that too. We could readily, yeah. Why readily, not? Like, pick, why, like, not like, why not pick it up? No, no, not the core rule book. Um, for example, um, the lower decks material that's available on PDF. Yeah. Right. Those look really interesting. Oh, that, yeah. That, I'm that not, actually I don't would be fun to, to just play. I obviously. I had to generate completely fictional. No, you wanted to see what it would do. And I wanted to see what it, would do. what it would do. And the way it would explain, I had it try to yeah. explain to me how a 2D20 system would work in combat. I had it oh, explain geez, to that me. Was, yeah. You know, it just, and, and I had to do it with RuneQuest. I had to do it with a couple other games as well. But mm. just because, mm. let's be honest, um, the current season of Picard has yes, it does. had captured our attention and i think i've and and i get there are people out there that think it's that you know i'm i'm a fanboy so they're really they really couldn't do no wrong um one and two were okay to me i didn't get as much out of season one as you did no i really enjoyed it we both have agreement on season two yeah and it was neat to see how you know the Q resolution worked i think it could have been oh that was so first and last episode of season two were great yeah but but season three has oh, had me hooked. A lot of times with the first couple of seasons, I wouldn't be able to watch it or I wouldn't watch it until the weekend. Um, I'm watching it as you are pretty much the same day that it, that it comes. I'm, I'm going to share this because I know my wife will never hear it. And I can't imagine anyone in my university listening to this. But season three is so good. I have simply scheduled Picard into my calendar thursday mornings and i go in later yeah i I, there it is i with me with me having free more free time during the day than normal um my wife works downstairs here in relatively the same area where 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 i'm recording Mm -hmm. um i have the upstairs and so i'll watch it and i purposely move my chair my old man recliner to about four feet in front of the television and watch it and you know you and i've talked about it i probably shouldn't bring it up but um there have been multiple occasions during this season where we have both texted each other and said we got emotional um yeah i did didn't yeah i didn't expect that we we yeah yeah at some point we we'll just leave it at that yeah yeah, yeah there's been a lot of trek <laughs> it is it is truly truly for fans of the next generation ds9 voyager even enterprise um not to minimize it but it, there's even reflections back to that era yeah in here it is yeah. it is a culmination of yeah. it's early 25th century it is a culmination of the 24th century star trek yeah yeah that we have loved since 1987 and hope, hopefully a handoff to the next next generation yeah, and you and I have our have discussed theories and all that. We'll, yep. We're we're not for another day. People, yep. Yeah, people have not probably finished the season yet. By the time we're we've yeah, very possibly this. not. So, we'll, so we'll, we'll we'll get around to it when there's been enough time. Yeah. But you know, speaking of the next next generation, fortunately, we've got wonderful people like Katie, who is going to be there to help forecast what it's going to be like on Vulcan, what it's going to be like on 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 andor and um and all these other great right tellar and all these other great places um hopefully there's gonna be a lot of trek in the future i just i just think of the work that 
Terry Metalis and oh, man. other folks like Dave Bless and and Hats Doug Maroney and all those people and and to see stuff in the series that I have I know very well from the online game mm-hmm. um, just absolutely made my day. But the only yes, other thing yes. I will say on GM, so so I have been working through that, and really the main other thing is. Uh, more on RuneQuest, just because I'm fascinated by yeah, good. the dice metric. But in all honesty, um, you and I have had an overload of Trek. There's really not much we've been talking about beyond the podcast and Trek. Um, nope, nope. I, we I, haven't I, even yeah. we haven't even had time to really process um, what came out at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I've been I've been mentioning it to my girls. Um, and in fact, we just one of my daughters and I just watched The Last Jedi last night, um, just for fun. Um, yeah, yeah, we we you and I had need to talk about all that because there's a bunch of good stuff going. And I and I I will I'll I'll wrap my piece up with this. Um, I watched some of the interviews, and the one that almost made me choke up was when they had Hayden Christensen. Yep, knew you're gonna say that. I saw that. And here's a guy who who had a very polarizing fan base. Some people oh, really just love just so Anakin. maligned for so long. Yeah. Some come people on. didn't like him as Anakin and everyone just gravitated and gave him such a good warm welcome yeah. back when he was in Obi-Wan. You can, I mean, he was phenomenal as Vader in mm. Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it, it's like an eight minute video. It's, it's worth watching. Yeah. And look at how, Look at how the fan base just welcomed him. And here is a genuinely good guy getting emotional by everyone's warm welcome. And I just have to believe it's because it it just based off of what you see, it probably ate at him a bit. Some of what, you know, happened in over the years about, you know, what people thought of him as Anakin, Mm -hmm. um, just, I mean, they were chanting his name. He, he had to stop, and he said, "Look, you're, you know, you know how to make a guy feel welcome and emotional." Yeah, yeah, it was, it was sweet. It was sweet. It's, mm-hmm. it's well worth it. We'll talk yes. more about the Star Wars and the movies they announced, and how, you know, everything else with that in the future. Yeah. But lots to come out from there too. Yeah, this is the way. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, as always, thanks for being with us. Be well. Stay well. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And man, oh man, do we have another cool interview lined up for all of you. 